Good morning, happy Palm Sunday. And so next week is Easter Sunday, and um, my wife and I stuffed a lot of eggs. <laughs> and so make sure you invite your family and friends, especially those with little ones. And if you could, like, bring your own baskets, because I got packages, but I think it might be too small. So <laughs> there's a lot of eggs. And so also, and that will happen immediately after service next week, Sunday. And then we'll also have um, breakfast bentos that uh, I've ordered. And so uh, please stay so that we can enjoy fellowship with one another. Yeah? All right. Well, today is Palm Sunday, the day of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem some 2,000 years ago. And it's recorded in all four of the Gospels. And this morning we're going to look at the account um, in the Gospel of Luke. Please turn with me in your Bible to Luke chapter 19, and we're looking beginning in verse 35. And while you're turning there, let me just set up the context for you. And the place to begin is a time in history when the Israelites, the chosen people of God, find themselves living away from home in a faraway country, a country not their own. They're living in a place called Egypt. And the one thing that they have going for them is that they are in favor with the king. And so they increase in number, they're multiplying, they're fruitful. Things are going rather well in Egypt for the people of God, even though it's not their home. However, a new king comes to power. And this new king is not really fond of the Israelites. In fact, he is uneasy about the great number of Israelites that are living in his country, in his land. And so because of this anxiety, this new king forces the Israelites into slavery, worked them ruthlessly, made their lives bitter with harsh and hard labor. And the oppressive conditions were so bad that the people of God cried out. And their cry reached the ear of God. And God was concerned. And so God was moved to action. And God goes and visits with Moses. And Moses, at this time, he's living in Midian. He's about 80 years old. And God says to Moses, go back to Egypt. I want to use you to lead my people out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of oppression, out of bondage. And so Moses goes back to Egypt. And he delivers this message from God to Pharaoh. And the message is, let my people go. But Pharaoh, his heart is hardened. And he doesn't listen. And so God sends ten devastating plagues. And I want to highlight the tenth plague, because the tenth plague is by far the worst of all the plagues. Every firstborn son and every firstborn male animal would die. That's the 10th plague. 
But God gave the Israelites some very specific, some very important instructions for them to follow in order for them to be spared of this tenth plague. Specifically, every family was to take a lamb, a lamb that was a year old, a male, and without defect. And at the appointed time, they were to slaughter this lamb. And then they, would, they were to use some of the blood and put it on the sides and the top of the doorframe of their homes where they would eat this lamb. And then, when the destroyer of the firstborn came and saw this blood on the doorframe of the house, it would be a sign. And the destroyer of the firstborn would pass over, would pass over this home. And no one in that home would be harmed or touched. Now, God knows that people are forgetful. And so God also gave these very important instructions, and it's found in Exodus chapter 12, verse 14. And this is the instructions God gave the people of God. This is a day you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. And so after the 10th plague, Pharaoh finally lets the people of God go. The people of God are finally free, finally free from Egypt, finally free from slavery, free from bondage, free from oppression. But the people of God are never to forget this day of deliverance. The people of God, year after year, continue to obey this instruction. This is a day you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. And it's, had, and it's been some three to 4,000 years since the Exodus happened. And even till today, this ordinance is followed. Year after year, families, family unit, units would gather to celebrate the Passover. But in Jesus' day, which was well over a thousand years after the ex Exodus, the, Pas the Passover had become institutionalized. And so what that means is it was more like a national pilgrimage kind of holiday. And it was and the center of this pilgrimage was was Jerusalem. And so crowds would stream into Jerusalem for this festival of the Passover. Men, women, and children would make their way to Jerusalem from every direction. Everyone would be excited, full of joy at the prospect of worshiping God and sacrificing for an entire week. People would travel sometimes very long distances. Sometimes it was dangerous. It was treacherous, the journey that they made, all to reach Jerusalem, all to celebrate the festival of the 
Passover. In fact, even Jesus, as a boy, would make the pilgrimage with his parents. They would all go to Jerusalem for this festival of the Passover. If you remember in Luke chapter 2, let me just read it for you. In Luke chapter 2, it says this, Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. But something interesting when he happens when he's 12 years old. It says, when Jesus was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. And after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Joseph and Mary, thinking that Jesus was in their company, they traveled for on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. They're like, Jesus is missing. It's because it's so crowded in Jerusalem. And, 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 and so, so Mary and Joseph, they're like, Zach, that's Zachariah, Zach, Jesus with you? No. Nope. Oh, Liz, that's Elizabeth, Liz, it's Jesus. No, nope, no, nope, no Jesus. And so it says, they went after, um, so they did not find him, and they went back to Jerusalem looking for Jesus. And then after three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Jesus himself was lost, but then he was found. That's just an insider joke. Never mind, you don't need to laugh at that. That wasn't funny. <laughs> Let me, you have a pen? Do not use joke ever again. <laughs> okay. And so, picture that scene with me. Thousands upon thousands of pilgrims all in Jerusalem. It's kind of like this. We all, um, anyone has attended, ever attended um, Times Square on New Year's Eve? Anyone? No one's, oh, you've been there? No way. Must be nuts, yeah. So imagine Times Square on New Year's Eve, exactly as you see it on the TV, except Times Square on New Year's Eve in Jerusalem, not just one night, but for an entire week. Man, this city is hopping. It's awake and alive. People are singing and praying and sacrificing there's just a lot going on. And there's reunions going on. Man, Brian, I haven't seen you in like a year. How are you? And we're laughing, we're eating, we're enjoying each other's company. It's just a festival, the festival of the Passover. That's the context of Palm Sunday. And so now with the context of Palm Sunday, let's read Luke chapter 19. Okay, Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse... 35 says this they the disciples brought it the coat to Jesus threw their cloaks on the coat and then they put Jesus on the coat and as Jesus went along people spread their cloaks on the road so they used their clothing kind of like a red carpet for Jesus they spread their cloaks on the road and then verse 27 when Jesus came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples 
began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Isn't that a beautiful scene? Jesus rides into Jerusalem on this colt. The disciples they, and the people, they spread their clothing, their cloaks on the road as a red carpet for Jesus as he enters Jerusalem. And the whole crowd of disciples, they begin to joyfully praise God for all the miracles that they had seen. Imagine that. Perhaps some of them were at the wedding at Cana in Galilee. And they witnessed the miracle of Jesus changing water into wine. And upon remembering this miracle, they begin to joyfully praise God for all the miracles that they had seen. Perhaps some of them were at Capernaum. And they witnessed the miracle of Jesus healing the royal official's son who lay sick, close to death. Jesus heals this boy. And upon remembering this miracle, they begin to joyfully praise God for all that he has done. Perhaps some of them were at the pool of Bethesda, and they witnessed the miracle of Jesus healing this man who had been paralyzed for 38 years. After 38 years, he could walk again. And upon remembering this miracle, they begin to praise God joyfully in a loud voice. Perhaps some of them were on that mountainside near the Sea of Galilee. And they witnessed Jesus turning five loaves and two fish and multiplying it and feeding over 5,000 people with it. And upon remembering this miracle, they began to joyfully praise God in a loud voice. Perhaps some of them were on the Sea of Galilee. And they witnessed the miracle of Jesus walking on the water. And upon remembering this miracle, they begin to joyfully praise God in a loud voice. Perhaps some of them were in Jerusalem. And they witnessed the miracle of Jesus healing this blind man. This blind man that was blind since birth. And now he can see. And upon remembering this miracle, they begin to joyfully praise God in a loud voice. Perhaps some of them were at Bethany. And they witnessed the miracle of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus was dead. But now he's alive. And, they, and, and upon remembering this miracle, they begin to 
praise God joyfully in a loud voice. What miracles have you all witnessed in your own lives? I want to encourage you to joyfully praise God in a loud voice for all that you have witnessed and seen. I call this group the Praising Disciples. And I want to be counted in their number. And on this Palm Sunday, I want to encourage us to all be a part of this group, this group, the Praising Disciples, to joyfully praise God in a loud voice for all the miracles that we have seen. But there's another group that's present on that very first Palm Sunday. Let's read on in verse 39. It says this. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And then verse 40, I tell you, Jesus replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. I call this group the complaining Pharisees. They, they tell Jesus, Hey, Jesus, tell your disciples to chill. Jesus, tell your disciples to cut it out. They seem to complain and grumble about everything. And if we are not careful, we can, and I think sometimes we are just like them. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 says this. It says, Do all things without grumbling. Do all things without grumbling. Don't look at your daughter. That's for you too. No, just kidding. <laughs> Do all things without grumbling. I'd like for us to be intentional and work really hard at minimizing complaining and grumbling in our lives. And most of us here are not complainers and grumblers. However, what worries me is this, that we are inundated. We are inundated with stuff to complain and grumble about. Things to complain and grumble about are coming at us with greater frequency and with more intensity than ever before. And here's some of the things that can sour our attitude, and you probably can add a whole bunch to this list, that can sour our attitude and cause us to complain and grumble. The government, the economy, the weather, the traffic, our boss, our co-workers, our neighbors. <laughs> what did I say? Our boss? And you're like, uh-oh. Um, our kids. Other people's kids. Our spouse. Other people's spouse. Here's the thing. Grumbling is more than just a problem of the mouth. Grumbling is a condition of the heart. Yep. Listen to what Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 says. It says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Complaining and grumbling is a heart problem. It's a heart issue. It's a heart condition. Complaining and grumbling is an overflow of what's in our 
hearts. That's why Proverbs chapter 4.23 says this. It says, Above all else, guard your heart. Protect your heart. For everything you do flows from it. As we celebrate Palm Sunday, let's be like the praising disciples and not like the complaining Pharisees. Complaining and grumbling is unbefitting of the child of God. We were not created to complain and grumble. We were created to give thanks. We were created to praise God. Psalm 136 verse 1 says this. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Let's reflect on God's goodness and let's joyfully praise God in a loud voice for all that we have seen and witnessed and for all that he has done. On this Palm Sunday, I want to leave you with Psalm 100. I love the title of Psalm 100. Listen to the title of Psalm 100. A psalm for giving grateful praise. Isn't that wonderful? For giving grateful praise. And so I want you to crack open your Bible during the week and declare Psalm 100 a psalm for giving grateful praise. And here it is, Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen. Amen. Receive this uh, blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Happy Palm Sunday. God bless you and have a wonderful week.